0: hello and welcome to witchy wellness radio i'm your host lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist this podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way it is actually leading your way i am very particular about the type of cbd and hemp products that i use there's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So, the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder, they also support a 40 acre co op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code Witchy W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They're actually leading the way. And today, we have Lisa Erickson on, and she is an energy worker specializing in women's energetics, sexual trauma healing, chakra manifestation, and kundalini awakening. She is the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women and the Art and Science of Meditation, both published by Llewellyn well. Worldwide. Lisa is a certified mindfulness meditation instruction in trauma sensitivity and is trained in a variety of energy healing and somatic modalities. She is a member of the Breathe Network, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting holistic healing and healers for sexual trauma survivors Welcome to the show, Lisa. We have so much we can dive in today, but I'm so honored that you're here with us.
1: Thank you, Lauren. I'm really glad to be here. And I guarantee you you have some Llewellyn books somewhere because they publish so much mind, body, spirit, and healing stuff, but may never you don't really notice the publisher, right? Till you have to yeah. say it out loud. <laughs>
0: I know. I was like, wait. I think the only one I really know is Hay House. Is yeah, Lowell's a Definitely. big one.
1: You probably have some yeah. of their books on there. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Awesome, awesome. Everybody listening, you might need to go check your bookshelves as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to hear. You know, how did you get into becoming this energy worker, specializing in helping women really mm-hmm. heal that trauma? Whether for me, at least, it, I've really uncovered whether it happened in this lifetime or another. Learning to work with that energy and uncover it and and really remember who we really are underneath it all. So I'd love to hear your own journey that led you to, to yeah. where you are today.
1: Well, and it's really kind of two parts because my connection to the chakras and kundalini really began with a meditation practice that happened over th- 35 years ago now, when I was just out of college and working in New York in a totally different field. And I was experiencing stress headaches and and stomach aches. I didn't know yet that that's what they were, but the doctors didn't get anything with it. And it was kind of unusual at the time. They were like, why don't you try yoga and meditation? There wasn't as much around as there is now. But the one that I ended up uh, connecting with was a yoga and kundalini meditation and that really the energetic sensations and intuitions that i received from that and the benefit that i received physically started a spiritual journey so for many years for over a decade it really was a personal spiritual journey i was studying very intensely and meditating on the spiritual side of the chakra work right I later became interested in the energy healing and energy medicine side of the chakras and began to study with Cindy Dale and some others on that, and eventually migrated into that work. But it was more general at first, and it was more tied specifically to spiritual journeying until I started teaching women's workshops. And so many of the women, the majority of the women in each workshop had either experienced sexual trauma, abuse, or assault. And so it became a huge marker. And then as you mentioned past lives, other people would say, oh, well, I don't have anything I know of. But when you're talking about, say, disassociation or having difficulty connecting to sexual energies or being in survival mode all the time, these kinds of things. It seems as if I have some of these trauma-based responses. So I'm like, well, we don't have to know where it comes from. We can just work with how do we, you know, how do we work with it in your body now? Uh, So that was a big part of my work. And then also as I moved through childbirth, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, I became very interested in the energetic teachings on that. The Different life phases of women. So those two things became really my focus and are the focus of chakra empowerment for women.
0: I love that. And you know, being a woman, I've learned so much about the cycles of life. Yeah. And nature and seasons in my body. It remembering that everything is a cycle and there's there's it's all cyclical. It's not, there's no end date, and especially with death and rebirth. Yeah. And that has really given me a beautiful perspective on the world and the universe itself when we kind of get stuck in this solar very masculine energy in today's society I real, you know I feel like this call to really come back to that feminine cyclical living yeah is really calling us up as women and I think as men too I think that it's a calling we have a balance of both for all of us but I mean, I would love to hear more about, you know, the stages of life and because I know like just the archetypes of different women, like the maiden and the crone and the mother, all those beautiful things are so powerful once we really understand all those phases. So I would love to hear kind of if you want to dive deeper into those and what you've discovered through your own work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and first to just call out something you mentioned, it's really about the masculine and feminine in all of us, regardless of how you identify, balancing those energies. But in the world as a whole, we have a predominance of masculine energy and not necessarily a healthy masculine energy. So there's in both masculine and feminine, there can be a, a healthy expression and a toxic expression. And so it's about all of us having access to all of these different aspects of ourselves and energies and choosing what we wanna bring forward at different times in a healthy way. So I think that's part of a a bigger healing. I think in terms of subtle body teachings, you know, I view the subtle body, the energy body as being sort of this in-between. It's in between our body, our psyche and our spirit. So you can kind of work, when you're doing Kundalini work, you're working more kind of at the spirit level, but then there's this connection to the body also. And in terms of the body, the subtle body differs slightly. Uh, based on biological female versus male, and whether there is menstruation or postpartum, pregnancy, paramenopause, menopause, there is a corresponding cycle in our physical body. And we now know men actually have life phases too, right? Like they go through their own sort of menopause where testosterone decreases, and that impacts their body in a lot of ways and their energy. So for, you know, it's not quite as pronounced as as us where we're going through something monthly, unless we are halting that for a, a large period of our time and then potentially pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, et cetera. But there's a corresponding cycle to all of those things in the subtle body that you can learn to work with. For example, within a monthly menstrual cycle, you know, that maybe corresponds to the moon or used to, at least it symbolically corresponds to the moon, right? There is, uh, as we're moving into ovulation, which is sort of the full moon, it is uh, this, our sacral chakra, our second chakra, which is tied to our reproductive system, is actually getting more emanating, more solid. That means those energies of external and creativity, et cetera, are really coming to a peak each month. And then as we move into menstruation, it's sort of like, comes into a more protective stage. And we really are in need of more boundaries, right? We actually become more empathic during that time, which can be difficult if you're out in the world. But on the other hand, it's a very good time for solo contemplation, for problem solving, for creative breakthroughs, for spiritual practice. So learning just to give ourselves a little bit of that, honoring that cycle can be huge. And then there's corresponding energy things you can do, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, tied to similar kinds of shifts
0: in our energy body. I love that. And I know for me, once I really allow myself to tune in more inward during my cycle, I realize that the rest of the month, my energy levels are, are more stable emotionally. And what I talk a lot on the podcast and with my clients is the emotion side too, because when people start to want to work with energy, I always say, look at our emotions because it's kind of everybody understands what how, what emotions are, and that's like the first way to really tap into energy. At least that's how I started. Yeah. And whatever's coming up during that luteal phase, right before your period or during your menstruation, it is calling you to take a deeper look at at, at what's coming up that you might have not seen the rest yeah. of the month, which is such a freaking gift. And I know. Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this, It's the pain body. And yeah. each month as women, we have this deep access to this pain body. Just, just naturally, it opens up. So what a beautiful gift to do deep healing and not yeah. looking at it as this curse. It's, it's a beautiful blessing every yeah. single month. If we're even just looking at it in that perspective.
1: Absolutely. And there's very similar power behind the perimenopausal phase where there is similar, at that point, your cycle is becoming irregular, but that irregularity actually corresponds to kundalini bursts because there's a kundalini cycle to this too. So there's over that whole period of time, there's often this sense that anything you've been neglecting over the course of your life that needs to be looked at, right? Not not simply that month uh, is coming to the surface. And if you're able to meet it, there's a tremendous empowerment as you move into that Prone stage, right? Those wisdom years. There's a tremendous energetically energetic empowerment. A lot of people come into new energetic gifts. That's something we're doing throughout our lives, but that's an opportunity. And just like menstruation, menopause has been sort of pathologized, right? Like it's a medical problem that needs to be solved as opposed to us being able to relate to it as like a cyclical gift that tunes us into something.
0: Yeah. I have a very close friend who you know, started menopause very, very early. And, you know, she's into all this energy work and we both work with our Kundalini and have had awakenings. And I was like, listen, this is a huge opportunity for you. Look at this. This Your body is ready to come into this crone, tapped into source, like connection. And it's such a beautiful thing. And sometimes we think, and that's why the podcast title is Your body is not in the way, it's leading the way. We sometimes think that these things are keeping us from that spiritual side or our our higher self, but it's really, it's all happening to direct us to that higher self and source. And it's it's such a beautiful thing if we really have this perspective, because the contrast in any area of our life, Abraham talks a lot about, is... It is the path of least resistance. And it's really my mission to show, especially women, that this all of this that we're talking about is leading us to that higher version of ourselves if we're just really able to have that open perspective and love and connect with people like Lisa that help us harness these gifts, learn where to focus, and how to really transmute this energy that's there that we're not sure what to do with quite yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it's really about embodiment. I mean, really, yes. that's what are speaking to, which traditionally has been the feminine spiritual path. I think right now it needs to be everyone's a spiritual path, right? Like we, we tend to draw this distinction, or sometimes we talk about spirituality or psychology for that matter in terms of like mind and body separate, right? And it's really about embodiment, feeling these shifts in your body. That's part of the reason I love chakra work, because you're really trying to feel... First, as you spoke about, maybe the energy of an emotion that's actually you experience is troubling, and as you work with it, you're also trying to bring forth other a new vibration, right? You're trying to almost rewrite, rewrite the vibration uh, into something else uh, that you want more of. So that's why I love I love the energy work because you're very much feeling it in your body. It's not kind of the mind and body are separate.
0: Yeah, and that's, I really have gotten into breath work the past few years because of that reason. And I know yeah. that you work with breath work and that has been a huge part in my own kundalini awakening and learning to work with this energy. I would love to hear kind of your perspective. I know sometimes it, kundalini energy can just happen and, yeah. some, and sometimes with myself is, is learning to feel safe enough to allow it to come yeah up and out and for me to get out of the way. So I'd love to hear more your perspective about that kundalini energy and awakening. Well, I think it
1: is really important to say, oh, kundalini is a natural energy, right? Because sometimes depending on the way it's written about or talked about, it does come off as very scary. And it's really, you know, it's like electrical currents. It's a natural thing, right? And we have the electrical currents going through our body all the time in terms of our uh, neural systems, et cetera. So it is a natural thing. And as we learn, it's the energy of growth. It's the energy of change, right? And it may be activated in lower levels without us ever being aware of it. Whenever we're just going through, maybe going for a new goal, maybe starting a new job, rising to the occasion of something challenging, it's happening, right? So when you explain it that way, sometimes people are like, oh, okay, right? It doesn't have to be this huge burst coming through my body. Like, you know. Sometimes that happens, you know, and there are practices as, right, which I'm sure part of what you do, like breath work, that help to cultivate a more active version of it or a more conscious version of it. And that can happen spontaneously. And yes, sometimes it can be overwhelming. But for the most part, it is just part of a natural growth process that it's moving through. When obstacles arise, there may be discomfort. It could be physical, emotional, et cetera. But if we're able to meet that, stay grounded, which is really in that root chakra, it it you know processes into something positive. I think what I will say, because I work with so many trauma survivors, is that if you know you have trauma in your background, there is reason to maybe place extra focus on grounding and cultivating safety in the body, in the energy body, and being really anchored in those lower... Our chakras because most of the people that I've worked with who have experienced something that they considered to be a kundalini crisis or anything like that it's because they had trauma in their background and there was some disconnection from the root chakra that needed to be worked with first which is really that safety vibration
0: yeah yeah that's so beautifully said and I think I think for me it's you know learning to work at the lower three centers is like our, our human self our body and the upper centers are our, our our God self and learning to really integrate together at our yeah. hearts, at our hearts. And I know so much uh, sexual trauma is in the lower centers. And I think f- for a lot of women we are feeling that, that call to really step up into being the leaders in our life, to share our heart, share our wisdom, share our, share our talents that have been passed down through through lifetimes that we're really being called up to share right now and so much of these lower root sacral solar plexus things are coming up i like kind of dub them as the witch wound at times because we're Yeah i think i call them like
1: the persecution yeah
0: wound yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what i
1: often call them. yeah same idea yeah it,
0: it's and it's it's we're scared to really you know, put ourselves out there or not think that we're good enough, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm assuming there's a lot of parallels between this and, I mean, the sacral chakra with sexual trauma of allowing it to to be safe in the root, allowing the sacral to, the energy to come up and the sacral to open, to release and to really cultivate that energy. Because I know in my own life, when I really ha- tap into that energy, something might happen to trigger me and I can feel it almost instantly wanting to shut down yeah, and completely close off because it's just not, it's kind of in this like fight or flight still, even though it's like, no, we can cultivate, the, you know, you're safe, you know, you're safe. But what are some very long winded way to ask this, but what are some ways that we can start to cultivate that safety and really step into our own gifts, and you know starting to move that the energy up, I know it's easier said than done, but maybe what are some ways we can start to work with that today?
1: Well, I do think that working with those first two chakras, the root period of time and the sacral and giving yourself some time to do that is really important. So, you know, you can work with that safety in the root, the connection to the earth, things that connect you to the earth, and then the sacral fluidity. And those two are really the heart of resilience, right? What we often call resilience. And then, you know, I think also those can often be paired well with nervous system work. The chakras do tie into the nervous system. So for some people, that vibrational... Uh, work is enough to sort of shift the patterns in their nervous system from trauma for other people they need something more specific around it breath work it's interesting it's sort of divisive when it comes to trauma right like for some people it's very helpful other people find it triggering so this is actually breath work is considered an area with trauma survivors to approach very um, carefully because the restrict the restriction of like breathing in a certain pattern, et cetera, can be triggering depending on the source of trauma. And then for other people, it's very liberating and that is the way they begin to experience embodiment. I think that's really the art of trauma is it's so individual. So the number one thing you can do is tune into um, what works for you and honor that and never sort of self judge. Oh, that didn't work for me. Right. There must be something wrong with me. Just have a very sort of, um, judgmental approach to what works for you if you're working with trauma. So those first two chakras. And then I think what I wanted to mention is there's really like certain energetic patterns that I see in relation to trauma. So you mentioned fight or flight. If we talk about fight, flight, or freeze, Each of those are an energetic pattern, right? So fight is really like locking into your navel chakra, going into an aggressive stance for self-protection, right? So then that, if someone has that pattern, what that reflects in is anytime you feel the least bit threatened or criticized, you'll go into that, right? Fight, argumentative, right? It's really like an over-reliance on the navel chakra. So we're almost trying to spread the energy out, get some sense of safety, so you don't have to use that, right? light is leaving the lower chakras and just going up into the upper chakras, right? So someone can be very spiritual, but disconnected from those lower chakras because they develop that I'm just going to kind of go away, right? But then that means they're great meditators maybe, but in real life, they have very hard time staying in situations where they need to work through conflict, right? And then freeze is really sort of like a full body lockdown, you know, and really impacts the throat usually where someone was like, I knew what I wanted to say, but I couldn't speak. So then it's often about that lower chakra work really in combination with opening up the throat. So I'd say those are like the three main ones that I'm often working with, right? Either anchoring the flight response, trying to relax the fight response or opening up in the case of a, a freeze response. So that was a lot of information, but yeah.
0: I, I love it. I know I work. I have a anxious personality quiz that I have that just works through those four trauma responses. Yeah. And the fourth one is, Fawn yeah. and yeah. I'm thinking. Well, that could be a solar plexus thing. I'm trying to find your worth outside. I think yourself. it's kind of both and heart.
1: I really and think of it hard. as okay. heart.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. All of these reflect in
1: more than one chakra. I yeah. would say, but Fawn or people pleasing, you might yes. say, yeah. people pleasing to stay safe, right? Yeah. So it depends on the nature of it. I think of it as really navel, heart, and throat in okay. many ways. But yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love learning new things. This is awesome. <laughs> Well, going along with the chakra theme here, I know once we really start to work with this energy, these emotions, and start to really clear that pathway for more of us, for more of our energy to flow, manifestation just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Like you you're, you see things starting to appear. And I know in my own life, when I really dug deep and done this inner work, and I might feel like everything's hitting the fan or I'm in a dark night of the soul, but I start to manifest these things and it kind of was like, huh. I guess I am changing because my yes. reality is changing around me. So yeah. I would love to hear, you know, your approach to chakra manifestation, what that looks like to you, and yeah. how we can start to to implement that. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I I love your example of like you feel like you're in a dark night, but things are changing. And I do tie that also to the sacral chakra, the sacral in the face of that kind of thing is the part of us that allows us to sort of be fluid and adapt. So we're co-creating with the universe. You, you're putting out there what you want. You're getting feedback back based on what's happening to you. And that allows you you know, to shift and co-create as opposed to having just a fixed idea of it has to look this way or that way. But a model I really love is the downward path of the chakras, right? So the upward path is that path of spiritual growth, kundalini rising. The downward path is really that path of birthing something in the world. And it starts with the crown in terms of what energies, what vibrations do you want more of? If you want a new job, you can say to me, I want, I need more money and I need a better work environment, etc. Okay, so what are the energies tied to that? Security, prosperity, right? Uh, respect and validation, ease and balance of life, right? That's really like we want, those, that's what I want to feel more of. So we start there with the crown and then that comes down to a vision in the third eye, your ability to speak, maybe even to others about what you want in your throat, your ability to detract in your heart, magnetize the resources you need and support you need. Naval, of course, is the plan, the action. Sacral is that adaptability to co-create. If something doesn't come up exactly the way you were thinking, according to plan, and then root is the actual birthing. And we're really sort of working through the lower three over and over, right, as we're manifesting. But So if really we think of manifesting from the top down, then we can really think about what am I really trying to manifest, right? What do I really want to feel more of and cultivate that as opposed to getting locked into a certain mental idea of it.
0: Yeah. And I started almost a decade ago health coaching and I ended up honestly teaching them manifestation and law of attraction. And it's exactly what you just said without the energetics behind it, because, you know, everybody listening, I'm sure understands this, but we don't want the actual job. We don't want the actual thing. It's the emotions that we think we're going to feel when that comes to reality. And- such a beautiful way. I I love how you describe just the whole process coming down because I think so much of my journey has been the opposite of really awakening and releasing and learning to pull up, but really anchoring that in from our God self all the way into our body is something that we all can practice. It's, It's beautifully designed for us. To understand who we really are and, and learn to work with this manifestation energy, it's always happening, but it's yeah. just what are we focusing on? What are we feeling? What are we acknowledging? Is it are we practicing the feelings of lack and not enough, yeah. or are we focusing and and cultivating and calling in that abundance of of resources and the safety in our lives, regardless of if a manifestation of the job or the bank account or whatever it is is actual is actually here
1: yeah and can we feel that as a vibration in your body those those things we want to feel that's where the chakras can be so helpful right you can actually focus in and activate the particular energies and practice feeling that now practice feeling what you want when you get that new job now right so i think you know it's almost like a technology to help you do that
0: beautiful beautiful um Lastly, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about is, you know, you help a lot of women heal the sexual trauma and whether we have a remembrance of it this Mm. lifetime or not, for me in my journey, I did not have a remembrance of anything Mm. happening, but there got to a point in my life where I felt like that energy was there. And I spent a very long time trying to figure out, well, which what lifetime did this come from? I need to figure out the specifics. And we touched on this before. It's like, it doesn't matter yeah. where it comes from. So any, you know, I think that the awakening of the feminine is awakening this, en- this energy in a lot of us, this remembrance yeah. of the emotional or even biological, the physical feelings for me, a lot of, Reproductive organs and stuff, a lot of physical issues that I had to look at and say what what is creating this manifestation in my body, but I think all of this feminine energy in me has been awakened, and all of this denseness needs to come up and out and be released and seen, so anybody who's might feel like they need to work through some trauma knows that they have trauma, having some physical. Um, manifestations pop up, What what's some advice for it where they can start to really feel safe enough to start to do this work? Because I know for me, it got to be kind of scary, right? We talked about right. anchoring into the root first to feel safe, but when physical manifestations or diagnoses are popping up on top of maybe memories or feelings of, of that nature, it can be a big thing to even want to dive into it. So I would love to hear your your perspective on all that.
1: Well, and I think when when it reaches that point, yeah, obviously someone needs support usually in that process, right? It's like everyone can begin to work with their root chakra and find physical modalities that create a sense of safety in the body. Uh, Yoga works for some people, other mind-body techniques where you really are practicing being very mindful and safe in the body. And that's a starting point. But yeah, if you're having physical symptoms and you are and which I've worked with a lot of women who do uterine you know, ovarian cysts and uterine fibroids and different kinds of reproductive cancers, or uh, you know, emotions that are too big, it's important to have some kind of support around that. It's important to work with someone like yourself or myself, et cetera, to help support that because it can be a lot. And I think also what you said about, you know, letting go of the idea you have to know the exact source or story, Our mind can get caught up in that. Sometimes that's accessible, okay. But honestly, we now, there's a lot of studies around ancestral trauma and secondary trauma and the ways that we may be carrying stuff forward from prior generations that we don't really have any way to ever find out the truth of, right? And then there's past lives on top of that, right? (laughs) And then there's culturally. To what extent are we carrying the wounds of our whole culture? And to what extent as a healer do you start to sort of you know, tap into those and you're clearing them almost on a collective level. So sometimes you can't really know, you just be present with what is in your current mind body and work on whatever tools and support you need to feel safe, to be able then to really bring forth that sacral energy, as you said.
0: Yeah, I know for me going through this process, it was really, I think, Teaching me you know the, the contrast of life, we you know we school schoolroom Earth, as Dolores Cannon calls it, it's learning, wow, this the, this fear, this shutting down, all of these scary emotions, quote unquote, now that I'm coming kind of on the other side of this healing cycle, how can't how much pleasure can I allow myself to feel in my life? And that has been my teacher and how much more I appreciate it and how much I value it. So knowing that healing wholeness is just really a state of mind and that whatever is coming up for us physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the manifestation is, that is leading us to the other side of, of what we have in our, our potential to, to really embody this lifetime. And I really I know every single person here listening to this show is in the right place at the right time. And yeah, reach out to Lisa if you have any questions or, you know, want to get started on this journey because I know so many women right now are feeling this call. Whether they realize it's a call or not is another thing. But that's really my mission with this show is to have other beautiful souls like Lisa on here to really Create this network for people to yeah. step into their higher selves.
1: Collective vibration, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Which
1: benefits all of us. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Was there
0: anything else, Lisa, you feel called that you wanted to talk about or wrap up or summarize before we start to close the show down today?
1: No, I think that's great. I loved what you said about pleasure. I could, we yeah. could go off on that oh, yeah. for another 10 minutes. But, <laughs> but you know, that is one of the main ways I really love to work with the sacral chakra once yeah. someone is comfortable with that. Sometimes people are really shut down to pleasure. But especially if someone comes to me and they're uncomfortable with sexual pleasure, I'll be like, yes. okay, let's just start with like, what's your favorite food? You know? <laughs> And like really eat that with 100% mindfulness and allow yourself to experience that sensual pleasure, right? And, and kind of expand from there. And it's really like building up your window of tolerance for pleasure. And that in and of itself is a powerful sacral chakra empowerment.
0: I love it. Yeah. I always think about, you know, eating a piece of chocolate and how, how present can I be with every yeah. single taste and smell and texture. And I mean, that's the that's the feminine, that's sacral energy of being yeah. embodied and really experiencing life. Um, so yeah. yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the show today. I know I, I actually learned a lot and it was such an honor to have you shine your light with all of us today. And we close this show the same way every week. How may we, the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude, be of service for you and return today?
1: Well, first, thank you, Lauren, for having me on. Your light shines so bright too. So it's so great to see. And I, you know, first I'll have to I'll do two. So first just tune into your heart, who wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, and just you know, send out a vibration of you are enough to everyone in the world because i think that sense of self-worth is the core of everything right in that middle chakra just send that out may every being really truly know they are enough and feel into that and then on a more practical level if you're interested in this work you know seek out my book chakra empowerment for women um you can get that you know pretty much anywhere online and or your local bookstore could order it. And uh, my website is enlightenedenergetics.com, which also has my social media links and all that. So, and thank you again, Lauren.
0: You are so very, very welcome. Everything will be in the show notes for you guys just a click away. Thank you so much. It was such an honor having a fellow witch on the show today. Exactly. Thank
1: <laughs> you. <too. laughs> Power to the witches. Yes. Power to the witches. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.